Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Perry Romanowski. Hi, thanks for downloading this episode of the EJ podcast. My guest today, Perry, has such a diverse background and a weird combination of interests and skills. First and foremost, he's a chemist and he's made over half a million dollars selling an online course teaching people the chemistry behind products like shampoos, conditioners, and body lotions. So we're gonna dive into how he does that in this interview. You're also gonna hear some of the more interesting stories from Perry's background, including how he became a world record holder at juggling while jogging, which is known as joggling which also happened to be the topic of one of his very first blogs. So that story is coming up in a moment. But most importantly, I hope you listen into this interview carefully because Perry is an example of someone who's taken specialized knowledge, put it into a blog, and then started selling teaching products and made a lot of money doing so. So if you too have some kind of specialized knowledge, pay close attention to this story. I think you'll see it as something you could possibly replicate as well. Now, if you haven't yet subscribed to my Interviews Club email list, go to interviewsclub.com to make sure you get interviews like this one with Perry sent to you as soon as I release them. All right, we're going to dive straight in now. Here comes the interview. Today on the line, I have a guest who kind of popped out of nowhere. This frequently happens actually with my blog. He left a comment on my blog and made mention that he actually had followed uh, one of my previous training programs, Membership Site Mastermind, and had grown his uh, membership site, although I've just found out it's actually really a course, and made over half a million dollars from this program. Now, whenever someone comes to me and said, I followed what you did and made a lot of money, I'd love to get them on the podcast to find out exactly what they've done. So today we're going to hear all about this uh, course and how it was started, and I'm really interested to share the topic with you. But first, I'd like to introduce you with introduce you to Perry Romanowski. Perry, thank you for joining me. Hello, Yaro. Thanks for having me on. So I am looking forward to this because it's well, it's my system that you're kind of followed and implemented, but you've done it in a really cool niche. You're you're a you're in the chemistry world, aren't you? So um, certainly something I know nothing about. So I can't wait to hear how you decided to go, well, I'm a chemist, but I want to make some money online and, and how you've done that. Um, as always, though, I'd kind of like to go into your background first that I'm assuming uh, might be a bit of a giveaway here, but I'm guessing you did chemistry somewhere along the lines in your, your previous education. Um, is that correct? Or was there like a previous career before you became a chemist? No, I was a chemist. So I went to uh, DePaul University and got a degree in chemistry. Um, and actually, I had a degree, I was getting a degree in biology first. But then when I was in my first senior year, I was looking and there were no jobs in biology, <laughs> unless you got a PhD. But there were lots of jobs in chemistry. So I just switched my major. And the first job that I got out of college was as a cosmetic chemist. And I, I went to work for a hair care company where I made shampoos and conditioners and hair products and, and also skin products. And it was during that career that I learned to formulate cosmetic products. Okay. When, when was this? What, what was the era? Uh, 1992 was when I started working at that company. And, uh, and I worked there for 17 years until wow. I was eventually making enough online that I left that job. Oh, okay. So... There's, there is some overlap here. Yeah. Okay, so 1992, we're talking kind of dawn of the, the internet, maybe 95 when it became more exposed and sort of the late 90s when the, the dot-com boom happened and it became a place for commerce. Can you tell me, was there, like I'd love to know in terms of entrepreneurial aspirations, were, when did this start for you? Did you kind of you know, sit there making shampoo, but you saw these people doing cool things on the internet and you thought you might do something. When did the, or maybe even before that, I don't know, did you, a lot of people who've become entrepreneurs often had the, the, the lemonade stand or the, you know, sold baseball cards at the local flea market or did something, you may, maybe even you were thinking of selling your own uh, shampoo at some point. I don't know. Was there any kind of entrepreneurial inkling going on? Well, actually there was, uh, I was always, uh, a fan of writing. 
And so one of the things that I did in my spare time as a chemist is that I started writing, do free, freelance writing. And now this was before the internet was anything. And so I actually wrote for an encyclopedia company. And so I would write entries about their, the world of chemistry or how products are made, and I would research them, and I'd get paid, uh, you know, I think it was 10 cents a word. So you get a 3,000-word thing, and you can make like 300 bucks. Okay, interesting. So that was on the side while you were actually being a chemist making products. Exactly, exactly. And and I parlayed that freelance writing uh, career into I started writing magazine articles in my in the cosmetic industry. So for industry specific magazines, there's there's some targeted to cosmetic chemists, and so I would do I would write articles and, and make a little bit of money that way and edit books and things. And eventually that led to uh, an industry standard book called Beginning Cosmetic Chemistry that I co-wrote uh, with another author. And that continues, that that book came out in 1996 and it continues to sell even today. Wow. Uh, so. so you were primed to be a, a blogger, weren't you? <laughs> you were already writing so much. Well, yeah. And, you know, when I found out about blogging, my first blog actually was a blog about a card game. No uh, yeah, the card <laughs> game is called Euchre. Oh, okay. If you said Magic the Gathering, I'd be weird. No, <laughs> not Magic the Gathering. It's actually a, a, a game of skill, uh, Euchre. Um, and I, it was a, I just started a blog, Blogspot blog because um, it was free. And the, the real thing was I wanted to... I used blogging as a way to inspire me to write every day because I really wanted to write a book about Euchre strategy. And actually, the blog, I don't write in it anymore, but the blog is still up. The, it's called the Euchre Universe, and it just essentially teaches people strategy on how to play this card game. What, what, when did you start that? What year? I started that one in 2005. Oh, okay. So that's not, not in the 90s then. Yeah. All right. So, what were you like in terms of those ten years then, from '95 when you were you know writing in magazines and and uh, to ten years later finally starting a blog about a completely different subject? What were you, were you just working your job? Like, was there any kind of playing around with the internet, or was you were just a career man living your life, family man, or something like that? I was just an unsatisfied career man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I actually always. Uh, the, the, I always looked at my job as kind of my problem, but they paid me enough money where I wasn't really, <laughs> really wasn't motivated by money to get out. Wow. Okay. So, and just to clarify, today you live completely off what you do online, right? Yeah, I haven't had a regular job since two thousand and eight. Okay, I didn't mention earlier on that you've had over eleven hundred members in your uh, your main course go through it. So. This is a pretty common situation that I, I think a lot of my guests on this podcast and certainly a lot of people I talk to go through or, or looking to go through. It's that I'm in a job that I don't really love, but it pays well. And it's, it's that golden handcuffs that this phrase I just recently learned basically means you, you don't want to stay there, but you, you, they've made it so good that you, you choose to stay there, but it's kind of like not satisfying and it's hard for you to leave. And because it takes so much time, it's hard for you to start a business. So did you have all that sort of quandary, that kind of situation where you really feel trapped and, uh, you know, you didn't want to jump, but you didn't know how to prepare yourself to be able to jump from away from your job? That was that was definitely me. I had a job that you know, I, but I wasn't actually unsatisfied with my job. My job was a fine job, um, and they paid me a good amount of money. I wasn't, and it wasn't very stressful. It, you know, I was a you know, eight to eight to five job. So why did um, you want to leave? Well, why did you want something else? I just always thought there was this thing in me that I w I should be better than this. <laughs> <laughs> you had more to give to the world, sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, well, the. To tell you the truth, the, the other thing is like uh, there were other things I wanted to spend my time on. I, <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but I like to juggle, so I wanted to spend time juggling. I like to run; I run a lot, and uh, I just have all these hobbies that I wanted to do, and the job was kind of getting in the way of that. 
Okay, so you're a juggling card playing <laughs> chemist. <laughs> well, I, I, actually, I actually hold a world record in uh, the sport of juggling, which is running while juggling. <laughs> I have the fastest 50 miles done while juggling. Wow, that's a thing. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, was that officially timed for, for yeah, record Yeah, it's, it's in the Guinness Book of World Records and uh, everything. That's amazing. <laughs> Ah, well, I didn't see that coming, Perry. You certainly have a range of interests. Um, okay, well, uh, let's stick to the plan, though. I'm so curious sure. about all these things, but let's, uh, let's keep going forward. So you're, you, have, you feel like you have more to give to the world. You want to do more, but you're in a job that's not bad. So take us forward, then, w- w- at what point in time, because we're talking 92, you start your job. You don't have your first blog to 2005. Right. So I'm guessing... You know, there's a good 13 years there where it's just a whole lot of doing your, your job and on the side, I'm guessing juggling and running and doing the things you enjoy, but just not really having the, the freedom to do it as much as you want to. So exactly. Like when I discovered when I discovered blogging, I was originally I did it with I was writing about Euchre, and then I started got this idea of uh, writing about cosmetic products. And it was actually right around that time I discovered your uh, your your free book um, uh, blog profits blog, blueprint blog blog profits blueprint yeah. Can I just ask though? Because two thousand and five is it's actually when I started blogging, and okay. there was a lot of years before that where the internet was a thing. Right now, yeah. did you use the internet for much before you started your blog? Uh, not really. No, I used it for. Yeah, I thought it was cool, and I'd find stuff through Google, and I'd use it for research. Um, and I did start a uh, a little e- email newsletter called Quote of the Day, where I had a list of people who I had their emails, and I would send out a quote of the day. It was actually a funny story. Uh, when my uh, company, we were, we were sort of slow on uh, getting technology, but uh, we had just introduced email in about 1996. Um, and I had, I had started sending out emails from work to all these people. And at one point I was responsible for over 90% of all outgoing email (laughs) at the entire company. (laughs) Uh, but so, so email was never a thing. I never looked at the internet as, uh, something to make money on until I started the blogging and started doing some research and finding out that people actually made money at this okay so the blueprint would have been a big introduction to that yeah it was huge i think i found you through pro pro blogger and they were one, he was one of the first one and then i found your blueprint but what i really liked about your your blueprint was that it just told me stuff to, that i could just try and that i had immediate effects when i did that okay so did that when you launched the chemist blog was that at that point or was that with the uh, the card game blog, the Yuko blog. So it was with when I launched the the beauty blog. I have a beauty blog called oh, okay. the, the Beauty Brains. Um, actually, I simultaneously launched that one and my, my other one about running while juggling. Just your average juggler. Uh, but I always knew that the the beauty blog would, had the most potential for making uh, money online. Okay, just the, so. <laughs> There's a lot of things popping up here. So you hadn't started the chemist blog or business at all yet. No. But you'd had a blog spot, so a blogger blog about um, playing cards, this card game that you're playing. Then you discover the world of making money with blogging, and then you go, let's try a bunch of things. So you create a blog about beauty, which is called The Beauty Brains. Yes. Uh, this, is, this still operates. Real scientists answer your beauty questions. Yep. And then you also had a, a jug, jogging, juggling blog. that, And these were all experiments to potentially make money? Right. I, I, I did them all on – and I didn't – I did them all on Blogspot or WordPress, the, the, all the free sites. So I just started these free. Okay. Um, they, the, my idea of making money on any of them, though, was always I would just write this blog, and then I would take the blog content, and I would self-publish a book right. and then sell that book. So how did things go? Well, they went really well. Uh, after discovering things about advertising that I learned from, you know, from your blueprint, um, I put on AdSense. And at one point um, – this was very early in the blogging world, but at one point the the sites were making over thirty five hundred dollars a month just in AdSense money. Wow. So, 
Um, and all we would do is you know, we would get questions sent in and we would write about whatever beauty products people asked about. Uh, or I would write, uh, as far as the juggling goes, I, my, my niche there was, uh, I figured I could get both jugglers and people interested in running. And so I could write about those types of things. And so from an advertising standpoint, that, that was working very well. Now, over time, um, with AdSense, I think there's just so much more competition uh, that those those revenues just slowly and steadily decline to where they are now, which is probably you know four or five hundred dollars a month. That was the golden era for AdSense. I remember the sort of mid two thousands, two thousand five, six. You could pretty much just put a blog up, publish a lot of content, and because especially if you're using Blogspot, which was owned by Google, Google yeah. would send you a lot of traffic, and you're using their ad. AdSense system, which meant they'd get a cut from the advertising too. So it was like a win-win-win for them. And for the bloggers, they could do really well. But like you said, it just sort of got so crowded and, and it just no longer became, a, I guess, a as good a viable income source. Certainly a scary one to, to want to base your, your future on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you, you have to soon, soon get out of that or make that a supplement to something else. But mm. yeah. Okay, so what happened next? So after that, um, um, I, you know, I read your blueprint, and there was the idea of you had the this course called the blog blog mastermind, mm -hmm. and I had considered taking that, but I'm very skeptical about all of these online courses. I have to say, and <laughs> okay. I figured before I took any course, before I paid any money for a course, I would do everything that you suggested in the free stuff. I would get as much out of the free stuff as I can. And it, it just turned out that um, just following the stuff that you give away for free, which I still find amazing, <laughs> I was able to to build a steady income from the beauty blog until uh, we, we self then we self-published our first book called The Beauty Brains. And uh, one of the things that I learned from your system was that you should start an email list. And so I got signed up with AWeber. I started an email list, and we quickly built over 10,000 people on our list just through our beauty blog. Wow. What, what year was this? This would have been 2008. Okay. So it's three years since you started your first blog. Right. And so in about three years, we, we just took – Took stuff from took the best stuff from our from our blog, edited it, put it into a PDF, and self published it. And but when we launched it, we launched the book. We we gave people free copies, free copies if they agreed that they would do a review on the uh, on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And this is back then we weren't violating any rules that Amazon had, so that we did that. And that that got us to about fifty reviews on Amazon, mm -hmm. and while it didn't lead to a ton of sales, we did make enough money to cover our costs and, and made some money. But what that did lead to was a, a, a book a book uh, agent was looking through Amazon. They saw how many reviews we had. They saw our website and they offered us a uh, book deal. And so eventually, that led to a. Uh, a book deal with uh, Harlequin, in which we had a you know five figure uh, signing bonus. Wow! And so that actually led to so this was in 2008 that book came out. It was called uh, "Can You Get Hooked on Lip Balm?" <laughs> <laughs> Great title. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and so so we did that, and that actually led to uh, going through the process of being on TV, and I've been on the Dr. Oz show a bunch wow. of times, and the Rachel Ray show, and, and that all came about just from the stuff that I, you know, just from my blogging activities led to the book deal, it led to being on TV, and uh, during that time, though, that's when I launched my uh, Chemist Corner blog or website uh which was more target which had a more targeted audience and ultimately that's the thing that led to making more money than even any of the other things i had done before okay so in the meantime what had happened to the the running jogging blog and the card game blog well i uh after a year and a half of writing about uh the card game every day i i i was i just was burned out and so um, I, I never never got around to turning it into a book like I ultimately was going to. Mm -hmm. uh, just other projects took 
took the uh, took precedent. But uh, I, I, people still do contact me from because of something they read on that blog. It still exists there, and eventually I might do something with it. But I just have so many other projects that uh, I don't I don't write in it anymore. As far as the running and juggling goes, uh, now that's that's turned more into a personal blog because. Actually, and this is a, a lesson for, for everybody, um, in 2013, I had, uh, you know, it was uh, a very troubling time for me because my, uh, my web host, um, their server went down and they lost all the content on my, on my websites. Oh, no. And um, the juggler blog, I didn't, and they didn't have a backup of it. Oh, God. Nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare. So I lost almost all the content from my juggler blog from my uh, beauty brains blog lost all the content there fortunately for my other blog i had that backed up on my own system and was able to recover but uh, so my juggler blog i never really recovered all the content and i turned more into a uh, a personal blog it, it keeps track of my runs um, eventually i'll i'm going to relaunch that but uh, mm. it's, it's just a holding pattern now mm. Did you ever look up something like the the Wayback Machine to see if it was archived there? Yes, I, I and I got a lot of a lot of things from the Wayback Machine, but it's uh, it just takes a long time to rebuild that. Yeah, and since right, it, frustrating. And since I uh, I really wasn't making a lot of money off of that site, so I I have to focus on the things that you know I was doing that really could generate some income. Mm. To tell you the truth, I don't think there's a lot of money in running while juggling. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. Well, no, actually, that that uh, that website has been great for me too. I mean, it got me in the Guinness Book of World Records. Right. And okay, now I gotta know you're, sure. you're still working a full time job, and you're writing three blogs. How on earth are you? You know, managing, not to mention, you know, getting on TV, um, still actually doing the act of running and juggling and playing cards. Um, how does how did you make this work with your, your time management and your productivity? Well, I have to say, I, I slowly got out of my job in 2008. So I only did that for about two years. And what was the secret during those two years? Because a lot of people listening to this will be, you know, I'm in a full-time job. How do you get so much content published? So I I would wake up every morning at five o'clock and I would sit down at my computer and I would write until seven o'clock. I would get ready for work, go to work at eight o'clock, and uh, that. So I just those two hours a day really, um, and I was very dedicated to those two hours a day, and I I just got my writing done. And the thing about when you have a when you have a limited amount of time, it's a lot easier to avoid distractions like. Facebook and Twitter <laughs> and that sort of thing. Um, and so now that I have all kinds of time, I'm much more distracted with other things. <laughs> the irony, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a really good example of that catchphrase I use on the blog, Profits Blueprint, of, of how to make you know full-time income from two hours a day running your blog. You actually literally were just spending that first two hours in the morning to pretty much feed the machine, that the content machine. Absolutely. I focus all on content because, you know, there wasn't really social media and that stuff wasn't really around. Right. That's amazing. And that's three blogs worth of content still in those two hours? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that today to people starting <laughs> out, but, you know, <laughs> you're a good example that you can pull off that. All right. So let's, yeah. let's go forward. Uh, so finally, the blog that actually made the big money is coming up now. So your cosmetic blog. So how did, how did that happen? And why did you even think to do that? Like, uh, were you... Because normally you'd sort of think, well, how can I turn this already successful site into a bigger money maker? But instead, you're like, no, let's start something completely new. What was the thought process behind that? Right. Well, when I it all came about, I I uh, had that book called Beginning Cosmetic Chemistry, and I work with an organization called the Society of Cosmetic Chemists, and I am one of their instructors for their live courses. So I do continuing education for the industry. And when what did that I start right? so that started right around nineteen, uh, right around two thousand. Okay, so you've been doing it for a while, right? And so I do maybe one class a year, right? So it's just got repeated, and uh, and I enjoyed doing the class, and it was a six hour course, and I would get you know 
you know, 30 or 40 people to do the course. And then I started doing the math just because I didn't really get paid a lot to do this. I get my travel paid and then I get a, a, a honorarium for doing the course, but it made money for the organization and I was happy to do that. But it, it started to occur to me, all the people that were in my course were flying from all over the country and spending money on hotels and it was costing a lot of money um, to take this course. So I got this idea that I could just do this online. And uh, that's that's about the time when you launch your membership site, Mastermind. And, and it just occurred to me that what I was doing live could be turned into an online course just kind of the way you were doing it. Right. And specifically targeted for cosmetic chemists. And so that's what that's really what I did. I I I, I, I begrudgingly joined up with your course. <laughs> I was gonna ask what brought you what brought you over the line this time, you know? <laughs> well you you wanna know what really brought me over the line was that I was so appreciative of the free thing that you gave out that helped me so much that when you came out with a new class, I I, and I saw the potential for what I could do with it. I just signed up because, and it was almost so, almost more. I was paying you back for the the help you gave me that you didn't even know you were giving me. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So it's real example of just you know give 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 and and you build up a lot of goodwill and and at some point, like you said, you know it's it's almost like you know that that's what's that called? That's the law of. Um, uh, oh, there's one one of Caldini's psychology of persuasion things. I don't want to turn this into it was a bit more warm and fuzzy when you say it your way, but um, it's that <laughs> that sort of uh, um, law of reciprocity. reciprocity. Thank you. Yeah, that's where I was heading. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, that's that's that in action. Okay. And, so yeah, and it really was that because you know, as a scientist, I'm highly skeptical of these things, quite frankly. <laughs> um, but and I have to say, when I when I took your course, it, it was totally worth it, I have to say. Uh, but what one of the things that I got out of it even more than the course material was the way that you did the course. Um, and the content was great and all, but it, when I discovered how you ran the course using an email list and how you set up the pages, and that really was enlightening to me where I could just pattern my course, because I knew the content, I could record all the stuff and, and do all that. I knew the content, but the way it was delivered, that's what I learned more than anything from your course that was most valuable for me was the how to deliver it and how to do the course in that way. Mm. Yeah, um, I remember when I created Memberships I Mastermind and also Blog Mastermind, the, the two courses I had back then, uh, I was a fan of not having too many moving parts. So, you know, a lot of people nowadays, we have such complex membership site systems and, you know, course delivery systems, learning management systems. And I was like, let's just give them the content via an email sequence and have it locked away behind a, a password protected WordPress blog. You know, it was a lot, lot less confusing to set up. And I was all about lean, getting things done. So, and it's funny you say that because I actually, the very first course I ever took, which was a, a Rich Sheffron training program, I think I learned more about how he delivered the training than I did the actual training. So I think there's, there's a lot to be said for taking programs just to learn how it's done uh, than anything else. Oh, absolutely. And I, I actually, I, I had no background in marketing or email marketing or anything. And I learned a ton of stuff. Just I'm, I'm on a lot of these, you know, email marketing uh uh, newsletters. newsletters and things, yeah. Um, and what I learned most from those, is I, I almost never buy the products, but what I, what I learned most is just how they do it and what is compelling to me. And I'll pattern my own email marketing after kind of the stuff that people are doing. Yeah. Yeah, though you can't find out how they do their products until you buy a product, can you? So I was the lucky uh, one in this case. <laughs> No, absolutely. And, you know, it's, you, you buy you buy products. The one thing that I, before I'll ever buy a product, is what I have to do is in my mind, I have to figure out how am I going to make this money back with this product? And, and I've been that way with a lot of things. Like I have a computer. If a computer works perfectly fine, I'm not going to go buy an upgraded computer. Uh, the only time I'll buy something upgraded is when what I'm using now it doesn't work as well. It's slowing me down, and then I will upgrade. A lot of times, people will just upgrade with the potential. I upgrade when or buy courses when there's something I can't do right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 2011, I think was uh, I think that probably would have been the last run I did of uh, membership site so mastermind. That's the one you took part in, right? 
I I took uh, I, I I believe it was 2009. Okay, so the my, first one. Yeah, that's when I launched my uh, my first course. Okay, did you go through my free report, the the membership site master plan, before you took the the course itself, or you just went straight into the course? I went. I I got your I I got your free uh, free, uh, free ebook. Yeah. yeah, free report. I did that. Yeah, I went through that, and I was um, it. That one left me with enough questions, and actually, I was still mostly appreciative of the blog profits blueprint that uh, I figured I would join the course. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and see what happens. Okay, so just before we move on, I'd, I'd love just to grab any kind of feedback of in terms of memberships I mastermind. Maybe actually, let's keep going because I think you haven't built the course yet, and I'd love to know what particular things you actually applied from my course in your course. What what yeah. you learned there? So. But before you even do a course, you had no audience, did you, in, in, in actual chemistry? You had it in beauty, but not in chemistry. So how did you even start this, this new business, basically? Uh, well, uh, what I had done was that I'm, I'm fairly well known in the cosmetic industry. Um, so what I did do is I started a website called Chemist Corner. Now, I started Chemist Corner in 2008, um, and essentially, I took the idea of teaching my I, my audience was people who want to formulate cosmetic products, and really what I want to do is bridge the gap between people who had chemistry degrees and they didn't know what they wanted to do with their life, and if cosmetic chemistry was what they wanted to do, they could go to my site and learn all about that. And so I focused on the careers, I focused on the chemistry. Uh, and so I started to develop an audience there. And right away, I have a, I, I gave a free ebook called um, How to Knock Off Any Cosmetic Formula. And if you go to my website, then you can get that free ebook. And, um, and I um, so that's when I started building an email list. Okay, chemistscorner.com is what yes. we're talking about now. People want to take a look at that. We should probably just to clarify, thebeautybrains.com is the beauty blog we were talking about. So thebeautybrains.com for all the previous things we've been talking about, <laughs> and we're starting the chemistscorner.com story now. Um, one more thing before you continue with that story. Did you do any kind of validation or pre-research to make sure there was a market for this chemistry blog? Because to me, it sounds like a potentially very niche subject. And I'd be concerned, you know, is there any search traffic, especially because it's later now, too. It's mm -hmm. more competitive. You're not going to have that, I don't want to call it luck, but that sort of more open playground like you did with your first three blogs where you can right. just publish content and you'll get search traffic. With the chemist corner, you're probably thinking, you know, this could... Is it? It's not going to be just like easy in the sense that you just write content, people will show up. You had to do a bit of research, check if there's a buying market, that sort of thing. Did you do that? I did no online research, but what I did do is I was I was in the industry, and this this could go for people in all kinds of industries because I think there's still a big hole for industry specifically focused uh, training stuff. But in the cosmetic industry, no, I didn't, I didn't do any research on uh, whether this was a, a, an audience that was hungry for things. I just knew from my experiences that I knew that we do continuing education courses. And I knew that I was a chemist and I knew what my internet activities were. Uh, and I, I knew what I wanted to learn, and so I just started writing stuff to an audience that was like me. Now, had you quit your job yet? No, I had not. I, I quit my job uh, in 2000. Oh, yeah, I, I had quit my job before I started Chemist Corner, and this was specifically because I was making enough money with my other, other websites through advertising and, and through book sales uh, that I was able to leave my job. Okay, so you felt confident that the Beauty Brains the book that was sold from the content in the beauty brains and also you had a few other little writing gigs and, and things going that that was enough to to cover the, what you were making in your job yeah yeah exactly okay and was that a, a scary decision to make uh not really <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't know why I, it's just that i had worked at the job for 17 years and you know, I saved up I saved up enough money, but my my online stuff was making enough money to cover all my bills. Okay, what was that? What kind of number was that? Just just for people's reference. Uh, 
I was probably at that point when I left my job, I was probably getting about $5,000 a month. Okay. So kind of like passively. the bare minimum to sort of quit your job level. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the only reason that I even quit my job was because I was, I was making that in just a couple of hours a day of work. I figured if I dedicated all my time to it, I could do better. Okay. And so when I was doing the chemist corner, one of the, one of the things that I did was that I, I gave away an ebook and I started building an email list and slowly I built my email list up to before I launched my course, I had an email list of about 900 people. Okay. So where did the traffic come from to get onto that email list? Mostly it was coming from just organic search through Google. So how much were you writing to the new blog? I was probably writing four or five articles a day. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I'm sorry, four or five articles a week. A week. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So you started the sort of one article a day path. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and what I did before I even started the blog is I mind mapped all of the topics that I could write about. I had five topics like career, science, industry, and then off of those I brainstormed a ton of ideas of what I could write about. And I just made that mind map, and then that had about a year worth of content that I could write. And then I just wrote every day. Right. And did you do any outreach, like anything to sort of build links or you know get yourself exposure to, to bring this traffic back? Or, or is it just a case that there really wasn't any other people covering this subject? So you, it, you... It, Right. It's more the latter. And right. it, you know, I was really the only one covering the topic, really, at that point. Okay. And, and that's it's still kind of a niche because I I have a I'm in I'm in an advantageous spot where I actually know the chemistry and I now I know online stuff. So yeah, you're a you're a good example for any person who's got a sort of a scientific skill because let's face it, most scientists are not going to go and start a blog to write about their science. They're busy doing their science, right? So you know, yeah, exactly. And 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 most scientists are really. Uh, they don't know anything about the online world beyond, you know, using Google to search things. Right. So if you happen to be a scientist who's excited about starting your own online business, you might have the benefit like you do of a not hyper-competitive market like we have in so many other industries, mainly because there's a barrier, there's scientific knowledge required to write about your subject. So I'm guessing that's what happened with you. You just had the, the insight into the subject that you just didn't have competition. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, uh, by the time I had taken your course, I had built up my email list, like I said, to about 900. And then when I when I launched it, um, I had 300 people say they were interested, and then about 50 of those people actually joined before I even launched the course. Can you explain what you mean by that? How did that work? So the way I did it is I had this list of 900 people who had downloaded my free book. And I sent out an email and said, I'm going to be doing a course. And and I followed your lead where I, I, before I even launched the course, I sent an email, a survey email, asking them, what do people want me to cover? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I used the responses from that not only to direct what I was going to cover in the course, but also to use that in my eventual email marketing. And so about 300 of of those 900 people said they were interested and responded to that survey. And then before I, before I did anything, before I recorded anything, I, I outlined what I was going to do, but I gave a special uh, pre-sale where if someone signed up before the course was even ready, um, they would get a special, special price. And so I had about 50 people pre-join my course. And so at that point, at that point, uh, you know, I before I had even recorded a single video, I already had, uh, you know, twenty five thousand dollars worth of sales. Wow! Well, how much were you charging? It was about five hundred. Uh, yeah, five hundred a uh, student. So were you even for the the early birds? Were you, were you charging? Well, they got they got four ninety nine was my early bird, right? Right. And then uh, during the launch, it was five ninety nine, and eventually it went up to six ninety nine. Okay. So just for the nuts and bolts of this, we haven't really talked much about technology. Uh, you've already mentioned a Weber for your email list, and it looks like you're on WordPress.org now for your blog. 
when yep. it came to taking those payments for those early birds, did you just send them a PayPal email in the email? Is that how it worked? Yep. Just I just took it through PayPal. Okay, so you just said send me four ninety nine. This is your special discount through PayPal, and then as soon as the first module is ready, I'll send you your login. Is that basically it? Well, I, I had a launch date, so I, I think my first launch date might have been like March fifteenth, and so I said the first course will be available first. First course will be March fifteenth. If you sign up before March fifteenth, you can get this special price. Right, so. and that got you fifty paying customers from a nine hundred yeah. person list. Right, that's a pretty good conversion rate. <laughs> that's amazing, yeah, I, actually. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could. I wish I got those kind of numbers now. Yeah, I mean, me that hurt now, but the, I think what happens is over time you get people on your list. Now, my list is much bigger. I think I have a, a list just for my chemist one, a list of over twenty thousand. But what you do over time is you get people who are less radical fans or less less rabbit fans, right? Um, and but but that's okay. It's it's uh, I, I appreciate everybody who looks at my stuff, <laughs> of course. And, and take us forward then with the actual delivery of the membership site. So how did, or the course? How did you how did you deliver the product? So I delivered it as I made a, a password protected WordPress uh, WordPress blog. And I recorded all the videos myself using uh, Camtasia, and uh, I used so I created PowerPoint slides and recorded myself using Camtasia. So I had the video, I had an audio, and then I had text, and people could download the slides. I I very much patterned it after the way that you you did your membership site mastermind course, and I was I was thoroughly impressed that you let people download things and you just here's your course so i i wanted to have that same same sort of connection with my uh students and so that's what i did and it, it's all through i just made pages on wordpress and that's how you deliver the content and then every two weeks you'd get a new module um and it, that would just be an email would send you the link to the module and uh People would go through it like that. I also used uh, Google, Google Forms, to create quizzes. So once people were done with the modules, they would go through and do a quiz. Uh, and that would help to reinforce the, uh, the lesson. And it also helps them feel like they're getting you know, more, out of the, more out of the course mm. uh, because it's more like, more like a course than just uh, uh, like a membership site, I guess. Which makes sense for a scientific subject, too. There's a sort of a need to validate your knowledge uh, because you're not necessarily going to go run away straight to a, a lab and, and do this. You might just you know, be learning theory and then practicing later. Um, exactly. Can you uh, explain again what the subject of the course was? What were you actually teaching people? So I teach people how to create cosmetic products. How I teach people about the chemistry of cosmetics, the, the the specific raw materials you use, the proportions that you mix them in. I talk about the cosmetic industry, just all the products you can make: shampoos, conditioners, skin lotions, body washes, all, all of these things. Any any cosmetic that you could could make, I covered it in my course. So are these hobbyists who buy this product or are these actual scientists? Well, it's interesting. My target, in my mind, my target was always industry scientists. But probably about 30 to 30% 30 of my students are, are hobbyists. Um, most of the people who join the courses are people who want to launch their own product line. Right. So they're getting some background knowledge before making their own lipstick or facial cream or shampoo or something like that. Exactly. And so, so, so I have a, uh, I have a range of uh, different students, but yeah. Okay, oh. very cool. Well, take us forward then with that business. So you get your first 50 in early birds, and then once the course actually started running in earnest, how many members uh, did you eventually get? Eventually, I built it up to another 50, so I got right around 100 students the first time I launched the course. So how much money was that? So I was at a... It was probably around, let's see, just over sixty thousand. Not bad for your first launch. Huh? So, was that your yeah. your biggest one time payday from an online business by that point? Oh, abs absolutely, yeah, yeah, okay, because that's like, that's a salary almost there, right? Um, I'm kind of curious uh, in terms of like. Um, how do I want to ask this? <laughs> the, the what you did in my membership site mastermind program, it, it sounds like you 
did a great job of copying, <laughs> you know, in terms of you replicated the way I delivered the program, you replicated my method for getting early birds, you replicated my method for running a survey to find out what people want to know and who's ready to buy, most importantly. So you did all the steps through replication. I taught that in the system. Is there something like you can think of um, that you wouldn't you wouldn't even thought to do that was in the training as opposed to just copying what I did? <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything you can think of, I know it was a while ago now. Well, um, the the whole idea. I had no background in email marketing, um, and I learned my email marketing through what I learned in that course. Not only the content of the course, but the way that you uh, marketed the course yourself. And because um, I have a science background, and when you take science courses at, a, at universities, you you don't get any business training at all. And uh, I, but but what I got most from from what you you taught was, you know, uh, interacting with your students, the 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 mark. Mostly, though, I would say it's the marketing and, and the way that you set things up, which how open you were about, about giving content to people and uh, how responsive you were with, with questions asked. Um, and, and I just I, I like the way that you did things so much that I wanted to do the same for my audience. It was quite funny before we started this call, Perry showed me his sales page for the course as it exists today, and it's got a very familiar design style. If you want to check out um, how Perry sells his, his training right now, it's chemistcorner.com forward slash members. Uh, and from my point of view, the first thing I saw was this blue line at the top of the page. I was like, that's a very similar blue color <laughs> to my own sales page. And I, I scrolled down and, and Perry, true to his word, has also copied the way I designed my sales pages. And I love that because I think it's proof that this sort of formula is a formula. And um, if I remember right, in Membership Site Mastermind, I actually gave you every single email. It was like an entire launch worth of, email, worth of emails that I used in my launch yeah, you had there was like a ninety nine <laughs> email. Yeah, it was pretty pretty comprehensive. That actually, the irony is, I've never done a launch as comprehensive as my first launch. You know, I've never done yeah. as many emails as I did that first one, and that's what I gave people to follow to replicate. And it's really about building a story and, like you said, giving content. And uh, it's so interesting to hear that applied to chemistry, though. You know, I wouldn't even know where to begin about <laughs> you know giving a story and and and. Uh, well, I guess I could see how you could do that. You could talk about people who came up with their own products and sold them. Now, that that makes sense to me because it's business, but the science part, would it's lost on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think the thing is that if you have an audience that is hungry for a topic, um, you can tailor it, tailor it for them. Mm. Okay, take us forward then with this business. So you get your first successful launch, $60,000, 100 members. Um the one thing I didn't ask you before I was curious about was choosing a price. Uh, $500 sounds a lot like the same price I was charging, so I'm kind of guessing that's how you decided the price too. <laughs> actually, actually, that wasn't. Okay. Uh, that, that wasn't. Uh, the way that I did the chart price was that I knew what I was charging for my live course or what, what my society was getting for uh -huh. the live course. Right, so the um, in-person workshops you did for that, that organization. Exactly. And so then I thought, well, this is twice as long. It's, you know, it's a lot of the same content, but it's twice as long and you don't have to travel for it. And so I priced it based on, I just did a rough guess based on what they, what, what I could be charging at a live course. Mm. Okay. Um, so take us forward then. What happened next? Did you want to grow this? So I was, yeah, I was, I was quite pleased that I had my results the first time, and I was getting ready to do it again. Uh, but then I was contacted by uh, a, a publisher in my industry. They were actually the publisher of my first book, and they indicated that they wanted to do their own online course. Now I saw this as, you know, potential competition because right now there was no competitors for me, right? So, right. Um, and and I thought, well, maybe. Uh, I could just partner with them. They could just take over what I'm doing, and then they could use their marketing muscle to really boost up the the course, and I could be involved that way. Um, and so I made the decision to 
essentially get into a partnership with this company. They gave me some money. They gave me a, a, a cut of the sales of future things, and we signed a three-year contract um, to to partner on this thing, mm-hmm. which was, was actually kind of cool because that that allowed me to they 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 sent me around the world to go to trade shows and publicize this course and things and. And which was great. I got to travel to Italy and to China and, <laughs> and all around the world just wow. because of this. Um, but, but unfortunately, over the three years, uh, we weren't really able to grow it, uh, the course uh, much better than I was growing it on my own. And so after the three years, I think we, were, we had maybe gotten a few hundred more people um, to take the courses. Mm, which really... Three years, you yourself easily could have probably done that number, if not double. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's one of the things like the professional publishing houses, they, they're very good at traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're as good uh, or savvy at email publishing or online marketing. It is an interesting choice for a book publisher to, t- to take a course on. It's almost, I can see the overlap, but it's quite a different style of marketing you know you don't get to put the course in the bookshop to sell the course do you right exactly but they also are very i mean they have a website and you know they have a magazine and so um they are in a good and they had a they had a newsletter uh email list so they are in a pretty good position to be able to do it so it was understandable for me it made sense right so what went wrong then it's just they didn't have the the marketing chops not great with email marketing and like doing all the launch campaigns and so on yes that's that's absolutely it they're very good at uh magazine advertising sales they're very good at book sales they're very good at um creating uh one day events but the online marketing, I mean, I, I, certainly at that time, too, um, there really wasn't a lot of expertise in online marketing. Um, a lot of the people, you know, a lot of traditional marketers really had no idea what, what you do with Twitter or Facebook. And, and a lot of that has changed over the years. But at that time, uh, 2000, 2009 or 2010, um, you know, online marketing was really in its infancy f- for a lot of industries. Okay. So during those three years, were you 100% focused on what they were doing or were you still doing your own thing as well? I was doing my own thing, um, keeping my blogs up and just making ad revenue like that um, and working with them to keep the course going. Okay. So that would have brought you all the way up to about, what, 2012 when that three-year deal lapsed or 2013? About 2013, that that you're actually, yeah, that uh, yeah, 2013 that that deal lapsed, and then in 2000, and so we parted ways, and, and we're uh, everything's everything's good there. I, <laughs> um, but um, I I took that opportunity to rework the class, relaunch the class, and I launched it as the Practical Cosmetic Formulator, and that's the course you can get today. Right, so that's the one you'll find at cosmeticchemistscorner.com forward slash members. All right. So, what what's happened in the last few years with your business? Where are you at now? Well, for this for this course, uh, my launch was uh, you know I've I've just been building my email list, and my launch was much more successful than even my first one. And in in the first year, uh, that course had had got um, just about four hundred students. I got my first year. Fantastic. Same pricing model? At the same that's yeah, same pricing model. Was there much different in the launch process or was just a case of more people on your email list? You know, you had a greater sized audience by then. It was really I I adjusted my launch system. Uh, I I did some I did videos, um, and I, I actually adding the videos is pretty much right. my biggest, <laughs> you, biggest you, you modernized it basically. I, I, I did, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I also felt more confident that I knew the the knew my audience a little bit better. Right, everything gets better. You know your audience better. You yeah. have a larger audience. You have done the product, so you know the second time you make a version of a product, it's better. Everything gets better. So, what? How do, how exactly does your business look today, though, Perry? Like, what do you you know? Where's your main income sources? What do you do on a day to day basis yourself, and so on? 
So my main income sources are my uh, my online courses, uh, but I also have my blogs that bring in advertising revenue, and uh, you know I I dabble with the uh, affiliate marketing programs, but um, to, to tell you the truth, that's uh, I, I I've never had huge success with the affiliate products just because. Uh, my particular websites don't really lend themselves to, to doing that, I, I, I gather. I, I don't really know. Uh, but um, in my future is I'm looking to launch new courses uh, because because the, the course I have now is an introduction course. And so it works very well for people new getting in and wanting to know about cosmetics. Um, but People like to get more specific. They want to know about hair care, for example. They want to know specifically about skin care, or they have these specific things. And each of these areas could lead to a different course, which which I'm which which I will be doing in the future. Um, but I'm also uh, one of the things that uh, um, is very clear to me is that there's a huge a huge portion of my audience is interested in launching their own product line. And so that that'll be coming up next year. I, I will be uh, doing a course just on specifically how you go from an idea for a cosmetic product uh, to getting the thing made to marketing it. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a great niche. Uh, I haven't asked you yet on terms of your team. So uh, over the years, did you start adding people, contractors, and even what what does it look like today? Uh, well, today. Uh, with my with my one beauty blog, the Beauty Brains, I do that with a partner. Um, but as far as technology goes, I do all the the website work. Uh, I do all the technology stuff, the email marketing. Uh, I do that stuff. And for my Chemist Corner blog, I, I I do all of that stuff too. And the the only thing that I ever really farm out is uh, sometimes I'll have uh, I'll have web pages made. Uh, so I have my my brother actually does graphic uh, uh, online graphic design. So he'll he he often will do my my logos and things like that. But other than that, uh, it's all me. So over the years, you've managed to basically set up WordPress, set up your email opt-in forms using Aweber, create landing pages, sales pages, membership areas, write all the blog posts, write all the emails, do all of that yourself essentially, even a one-man band. Also record all the videos, edit the videos, record all the podcasts, edit the podcasts. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I think it's one of the things that holds me back. <laughs> Possibly. <that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly slows you down. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Amazing. Um, so you must have a, 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 a strong desire to learn if you've not only practiced the art of your chemistry, become a good marketer. And become a technician. Those are three skills that you know don't normally have one person do them all. You know, like I, I like to say I'm good at marketing and writing, but tech is not my strong point. I would be able to do half of what I do without my tech person. So, yeah, you're a bit of an unusual, almost like a like, like the triple threat in the, in the business <laughs> world. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's a, actually that's a, one of the the keys to my success is that I'm if if I have an idea, I can just make it happen. Mm. I, I mean, I love the fact that you know you're not reinventing the wheel. You, you're just using the tools, WordPress. You're using Camtasia for video. You're just using a, a email. It's not like you've complicated the system. I think which has made it possible for you to do so much yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know the the, the quality of the content could be much better if I put in these systems. Not that the quality is bad, but the quality. It could look a little more professional, but on the other hand, I also look at it like um, one of one of the strong selling points uh, of me is that I think my audience feels more connected to me uh, because things aren't perfect, things aren't really slick. You know, I think that was one of the one of the problems when I was working with the publishing company is that the emails looked really slick. They had great graphics, they were very pretty, but I think that starts to disconnect you from me as a person. Yeah. You're a, you're a blogger to begin with at heart. Yeah. Well, I always like to think of myself as a scientist. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Scientist first. Online <laughs> online blogger. You know to get that across to the online hey. world. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, one more question, Perry, before we start to wrap up this interview. Um, people listening to this are probably going. 
it sounds like a all right the fact that you're doing all this yourself is a little bit scary because they're probably not a triple threat they're probably not a technical person as well as skilled at their craft as well as a good writer you know you're kind of doing everything but that's okay because obviously there are people who can do some of those things for you um but you you've also it seems to me uh, i don't want to say it's been easy but there it's it sounds like you know your first course launch was great 60,000 from a, a 900 person email list that's pretty amazing yeah. um every blog you've built has grown significant traffic enough for you to make good money from advertising without you really being a, like a heavy marketer you haven't had to go out there and really expose yourself and do lots of you know interview get yourself interviewed on podcasts get yourself writing guest posts you know participating in forums you haven't really talked about a lot of extensive marketing it's mostly just been i publish good content on my blogs and people show up so it's sound, you know, it's, I, I don't want to send belittle that, but it, it does sound like you've been in the right place at the right time with good content to capitalize on search traffic. So for the person listening to this who is, let's even try and make it very relevant. If they are somewhat scientific or certainly in a very uh, unique niche like you are, where there's specialized knowledge that they have and they want to follow in your footsteps, how do you advise them? Do you say do what you do or do you think that you need to do something different for today's internet? To tell you the truth, I think they could do what I did and have uh, have the kind of results that I did because right now, in in industries like the cosmetic industry or the automotive industry or paint industry or architecture or anything, these industries are still very much focused on the industry and they have ignored the online world. And so right now, there's not a lot of competition for people who have the expertise in one area to bring it online, but there is still there is a, a a desire for people to uh, to want to learn, and learning online is well, it's just exploding right now. Um, now a lot of a lot of people are you know there's this uh, places like Udemy or Corsica where you can set up your own course online, and they they take a huge cut, um, and you're not building an email list yourself. But if you wanted to do it your own, certainly it it can be done, and kind of done the way that I did it, but. I would suggest the first thing you do is you get involved with maybe your industry trade group and see what that trade group is doing so about continuing education. Um, and those kinds of topics, those that are successful at a live trade group kind of a thing, that would be successful, I think, online because it's already demonstrated that there's an audience for that. Um, and it just there, And there's almost never an online version of that. And then would you suggest start a blog, start an email list, sell an online course? Uh, that would be a, that would be a great way to to go about doing this. Yeah, start a blog. And I started with you know I started with Blogspot because it was free. I, I I switched over to my own hosted site after going through your Blog Profits Blueprint. I didn't really even understand why to do that, mm -hmm. but um, but I did it anyway. And now I understand because essentially you you have no power, you have no control when you're hosting yourself on one of these free sites. And so it makes you have all the all the power and control when you're doing it on your own hosted site. And really, it doesn't cost that much money. So I would suggest you you start up your own blog. Uh, you, you get connected. You know, you go to sites like yours or to ProBlogger and you learn how to connect with other people in your blogging niche. Uh, nowadays, there are some other people writing about cosmetic chemistry online. And, and we're all sort of connected uh via Twitter or uh, online, and, and that can help. But um, once you start your blog, you should always have a, a free thing to give away and start building an email list. Because uh, when it comes to making money online, uh, you know, it's, it's really mostly in the list. I have other websites where I make money through advertising, but it, it doesn't really measure up to what I've been able to do uh, based on selling products to my audience that's on my list. Mm. Yeah, so you sold over half a million dollars worth of products and probably over the years advertising has been maybe one-tenth of that. Would that be about right? Uh, actually, I've never really advertised <laughs> off of my own site. No, I mean how much money you've made from advertising. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, it would be, yeah, one-tenth is easily about that. 
right? So the big, the big wins when you make the money, you can quit your job really comes from your own product and your own list. All right, Perry, thank you for, for sharing the details. Um, I love the, I won't say simplicity of it, but it, the formulaic nature of what you've done. It's, it really is just, you've rolled it out in, a, in niches you've known well, you're a specialist, you've made the decision to share what's inside your head. That's probably the, the real win, the point here that made you win, the point that I think people should take away. It's, it's, there's a lot of fundamental technical marketing aspects to everything Perry's done but at the heart of it it's you made the choice to take what you know about and share it extensively on the internet and that's what allowed you to to build your audience and sell your products so I think that's the biggest takeaway from my point of view for other people to think about doing if you want to share you can have the sort of experience you had um anything else you want to throw in Perry before I say our goodbyes no, you're right. I just want to thank you for all the years because to tell you the truth, I would not be where I am now if I hadn't stumbled onto your Blog Profits Blueprint and taken your course. And so when you come out with stuff, I am not only am appreciative of what, what you're sending out, but I'm also learning. So keep up the great work. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. Appreciate it. You too. Keep up the great work. I, I, I love hearing the, the success stories from people who've taken my programs. Now, if you're interested in getting the show notes or the transcript or any other information from Perry's interview, you can find that on my blog. That's entrepreneurs-journey or Google my name, Yaro, Y-A-R-O, and you can look under the podcast section to find the Perry Romanowski interview and all the details will be there. That's it for this interview. Good luck, Perry. Thank you for the people who listened in. I hope you got a lot, a lot out of this. Uh, my name is Yarrow, and I'll talk to you on a future interview very soon. Bye-bye. I hope you were taking lots of notes during that interview with Perry. I think there was a lot to learn from his story. Now, to make sure you get my next EJ podcast interview as soon as it's released, go to interviewsclub.com right now, and then on that page, you can sign up for the email notification list. So I'll send you an email as soon as the next interview is available. You can do that at interviewsclub.com. Okay, that's it for today's interview. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll speak to you on the very next Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. My name is Yara Stark. Talk to you soon.